Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 275 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike. I'm here with Danny, and tonight we're going to be discussing the newly released Disney Princess animated spectacle, Frozen 2, the sequel to Frozen. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Wouldn't it be awesome if the movie did have a, like a, a secondary title, yeah. and it was Frozen 2 colon... The sequel to, to Frozen. Frozen. That'd be amazing. That, like, that would be... Like, you could see somebody in marketing pounding their head on their desk. Like, how did we let this happen? Like, why Why did we greenlight this title? Like, what, what happened it w- there? It was like a like a stand-in. <laughs> like, like a placeholder. Because they kept it like, we're workshopping a couple of new ones. We've got a couple. We The focus groups are coming back. <laughs> and like, we don't know which one the kids like. Is like Arendelle Under Siege or Elsa's Grand Adventure. So right now, just call it the frozen the sequel to frozen but like somehow that makes it all the way <laughs> the deadline the, they just yes somebody <laughs> forgot that they were supposed to change it it gets on all the posters yeah that'd be awesome right yeah awesome right. awesome that's uh <laughs> that is awesome i was trying to look back did did we review the original frozen we did before not. the podcast no that was we pre, did not. that was pre podcast okay. yeah uh frozen was how long ago i should have had that at Always. the ready it was it was pre podcast i mean christian was an infant. I think it was probably right about when we were starting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because we're at episode two hundred seventy five. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Twenty thirteen was. Wow. Yeah. All right. So it was, it was right around uh, that time. Yeah. Okay. So clearly we did not uh, review the original film. Can I ask you um, another question? What is the difference now, if you know, between Walt Disney Animation and Pixar. I don't know. Because now both groups are owned by Disney. Right. And Walt Disney Animation used to at least be sort of the 2D, the the two-dimensional, like, hand-drawn animation arm where Pixar was CGI, and now they both just use computers. Oh, okay. So is there really a difference? No, I don't know. I I really don't know what it is. Uh, And this is the last film that John Lasseter had any involvement with at the studio as well. You could tell, couldn't you? Yeah. See. See you later, John. It's the last one yeah. that just felt a little cloying. It felt yeah. like it, like it was a hug that lasted like just a, lasted a little too long. long. Yeah, and maybe right. you didn't want it to begin with. <laughs> it's horrible. You don't know. No, I don't know the difference between that. I, what it, I don't know what sets them apart any longer. Okay, this isn't one of those questions where I ask you and I secretly know the answer, and I'm waiting for you to say no so I can tell you. I really don't know. Yeah, I just <laughs> good. Uh, I hate when you make me. And feel unfortunately, stupid. again. <laughs> See, I don't mind making you seem stupid. Uh, but here on uh, Spoiler Alert, we don't fact check, and so there's no way at all for us to find no out. Way, no way to check. If no, there's a difference no, we'll never or know. what that difference may be. Right. Right. Well, one thing that we, again, we don't have to fact check or have any sort of hard data around uh, is to say that Frozen 2 is already off to a roaring success. It broke a ton of box office records. This should come as a surprise to no one. Uh, even Correct. though it's coming six years after the original, this sequel was much anticipated. These characters are deeply beloved. And uh, not only will this movie set box office records, I'm sure it will sell a mountain of merch. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. This is yeah. going to be insane. I mean, yeah. this is the kind of movie where you get like frozen, like you get like smoke detectors for your house, but they're like frozen <laughs> too. Smoke detectors, right? <laughs> They've got branded smoke detectors. Yeah. Like, like the antifreeze in your car. 
or like the you know you're you're like cigarettes shield. yeah frozen two <laughs> cigarettes yeah that's they got those yeah it'd probably be vaping now right. i mean the kids are more into vaping sure yeah but it'd be like a fun like frozen flavor right yes. like frozen lemonade <laughs> right. flavored vape correct or yeah. i don't even i don't know how you sell what do you vape I, what, I what don't do know. they buy i don't know what that is like i have no idea what, what this okay we're both old to. and we don't vape <laughs> right, so correct. i guess we'll just move on from that all right well hey let's dig right in uh we'll, we'll do a quick uh plot recap i'll keep it exceptionally tight because frozen 2 colon the sequel to frozen is the sequel to frozen right uh and this story picks up uh re- revisiting uh, our favorite characters from the original film still in arendelle uh, where Queen Elsa is settled nicely into her duties uh, managing the kingdom. Her sister Anna and her boyfriend Kristoff are uh, enjoying, I guess, a, a, a courtship. He's still oddly speaking for Sven the reindeer, which is a weird <laughs> thing for him to do, and he does it a lot. Yeah. And Olaf, the uh, the animat- not animatronic, anamorphic uh, snowman, is... Uh, Maturing, He's starting to grow up. And in Frozen 2, we pick up with those characters uh, enjoying life together. And, and some of the opening moments promise us that nothing will ever change and that everything's great and it'll stay the way it always is until immediately things change uh, and we find out that things will not stay the same as Elsa has been hearing a secret siren's call from somewhere north of Arendelle that only she can hear. And when she finally, in a fit of uh, insomniac rage or, or, or frustration, she responds to the siren's call, suddenly uh, a mysterious set of forces uh, comes upon Arendelle, causing the, the kingdom to be inhospitable and forcing Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, Sven, and Olaf to embark on an adventure up north to figure out just what the heck is going on and to save their kingdom. Along the way, Anna and Elsa learn more facts about their parents, who, of course, have passed away. Uh, Elsa learns more about her own uh, special powers and her place in the world. And Anna learns more about herself and Kristoff and being plucky in general. Yeah. Also, there's a sequence that seems directly modeled after a Chicago music video from the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> and that's Frozen 2. All right. Awesome. Mike, what did awesome. you think of Frozen 2? I enjoyed it immensely. How about yourself? I, too, really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it as much as the first Frozen? It's so hard to answer that, and here's why. I'm not certain that I've ever seen the first Frozen in full start-to-finish sequence. You have two children, and you're a Disney family. This is shocking news. This is one of the first movies that uh, Christian went to as a baby. Claire was a little bit older and fine. But Christian was really antsy throughout the movie. And so I remember needing to like leave the theater with him a few times to let him run around and then come back. And back then they used to do those. Sure. The pre-show. Um, this one didn't have a, a, an, animated a preview, short. an animated short yep. at the beginning. But back then they did. And it, it was a little bit lengthy. And so like after all the previews and that, like the movie's starting and he's starting to get punchy and so had to leave a few times with him then didn't watch it again until it came out on video and this is when claire had an extended hospital stay and so she watched it yep i don't know 
four times a day, you know, on DVD in the hospital. But like, but right. every four minutes, a doctor is coming in to ask you something or check on it or whatever. So sure. I honest to God do not think that I've actually seen it end to end sequentially. I remember liking it. I love the music. I can sing every song by heart. Right. But again, one of your workout albums correct yeah crossfit but uh i i really don't know that i could state with a lot of accuracy if i prefer this one to the first i guess by by virtue of me having sat through the entire thing start to finish i would say yes how about you what what was your what were your thoughts uh i think the original is slightly better although both of my children think this one is better so disney has definitely delivered to their target audience But I think both are interesting in the fact that neither of them has a real villain. You know, if you think back to the original Frozen, you know, it was really Elsa sort of battling with her own freakish powers and whether or not she was safe to be around other people and Anna trying to go on a rescue mission. There was ostensibly the bad boyfriend subplot, but he wasn't much of a villain. And in this one, there is a villain, but it's in the past sure. and sort of obliquely referenced and, and more like Anna and, and in some ways Elsa are trying to sort of make up for that past misdeed by a, a villainous character. But so just sort of a weird in that they're, they're good stories. The music is largely great, um, but just sort of a weird structure. And so it's hard to sink your teeth into the way that I think a lot of other animated films and certainly a lot of the Disney films over the years have been structured in that there is no I absolutely agree. Yeah, there's no antagonist in this movie and I jotted down that that's really weird for a Disney plot, for sure. I think the other thing that's weird weird about the movie for a Disney plot is that it's a little convoluted. Like, Like, it's confusing. I think the way that you described it makes all kinds of sense. But, I mean, there's a lot of magic. It covers the religious theory of animism and I mean, it's a there's there's some head scratching moments that, that that I didn't quite get. It it gets a little esoteric. It definitely does. And I I think this one bit off a bit more maybe than it needed to chew. Um, and, and there are some sequences in here. Like there's a there's a moment where Elsa arrives on this um, ice flow or a um, a glacier, and she's basically in Superman's Fortress of Solitude where the water that has been trapped there for generations can talk to her and it's like giant movie screens and there's like lasers and the ice makes her a new set of clothing. It's just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, That I don't think you really needed. It just, it got trippy and it got again, a little over convoluted. Given that it was a little bit confusing for me to understand some of those concepts, I can't imagine that kids are totally getting it. Then at the same time, I don't even know that it entirely matters. Like, I mean, it's just visually still stunning and there's awesome catchy songs and we certainly love all the characters. And so you can just go through all that and enjoy the ride, I guess. I think you're right. I think, yeah, I think there are some things where they got a little heavy I, I thought it all made sense or it sort of tied together. It just seemed unnecessary and just seemed like we're really, again, kind of overcomplicating things. Yeah. But you're right. In fact, I think the, the Frozen 2, the, this sequel, looks head and shoulders better than the original. I mean, the visuals are gorgeous, uh, really sumptuously animated. So it's a lot to look at. And you've and Olaf just steals the show. Josh right. Gad and the character of Olaf 
just about everything he does is charming or funny or heavily both. And, um, you know, my kids, you know, I saw it in a packed theater full of children and everything he did made them squeal, made them all want to like immediately paraphrase what he just said or repeat <laughs> what he just said. And you know what? That's half the fun of seeing a movie like this in the theater. I will also just say, though, one of the things that sucks about seeing a movie like this in the theater is the person sitting behind me with like an 18 month old. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, like me. That, at the first one with Chris. that child is too young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too young to see a movie in the theater. I, I know it's a Disney movie. I know all their siblings are going. That's one where you let grandma and grandpa babysit for 90 minutes. <laughs> you take the other kids. This kid's not going to remember what they just saw. I know. And it is, I mean, they're crying. There's kicking. It just, it was no good. It was miserable to have that person there. I really did appreciate Olaf, who's growing up a little bit. I feel like he was funnier in this movie than in the first. I, I appreciated his character more than the first time around. I think that the two standout scenes to me are the game of charades early in the movie. And then sure. a little bit later when he retells the whole original frozen movie in ice dance callbacks which was yes i mean just just hysterical i think that those two scenes were just brilliantly brilliantly done that's the best sequence in the movie for my money and and it just leans into the fact that this is a sequel where you have a character telling new friends here's what happened in our last adventure right right. and he does it in such a hilarious fashion yeah um just great and you're right. That, a scene that, that I would like bit of, rewind every time. I, I would I would watch yes. it over and over again on DVD. Yeah, yeah. And my children will, without question, revisit that scene over and over and over and over and over and over. So Olaf is great. The two characters that I just didn't get, and again, I know we're squibbling, or I'm quibbling here by even bringing these things up because the movie's fun. Your kids will love it. The music's great. Go see it. That's if if you want to stop the episode here, I think that's enough. But the two characters I just didn't fully understand. One is Elsa who just now appears to be like an Avenger. She's like an uh, ultimate Marvel superhero. Her powers are staggeringly amazing and she can do whatever the plot needs her to do just the way, you know, Iron Man or anybody else can in any other movie. And then Kristoff, he is, his character arc in this movie is he's trying to, he wants to propose to Anna, but in the history of humanity, no man has ever fumbled a marriage proposal four or five times during a life and death mission in which his the woman he's trying to propose to is clearly focused on something else and really trying to like get through the day and save the kingdom and save her sister and he's just trying to propose. It just felt like could we get in a, give him another plot? It just seemed really like in poor taste. Even if she had, it, even if he had gotten it out, it'd been like, dude, bad timing, right? It, it sort of feels like he's just along for the ride for that purpose. Like he's he's not helping at all. So yeah. So it's it is an no. interesting story arc. I think the the characters I struggled with a little bit were the salamander fire spirit. I didn't really didn't really like that guy all that much. Don't know how that matches, right? Right, right. It it, it felt a little out of place. Plus, didn't we have like a similar sort of character entangled, maybe not a salamander, but uh Oh, is Pascal yeah, the chameleon. He, the chameleon. Yeah, it yeah, just right. just like Pascal, yeah. Yeah. Uh and then those earth those earth giant rock monsters. Uh it could have done without them too, I, I sort of felt like. They were uh, so, 
cameoing from uh, the movie Noah, Noah. with Russell yes. Crowe. Remember them? I remember yeah. you loving the Rock Monsters. Yeah, same guys. I um, love the Rock Monsters. Uh, music. What, what did you think of the music? You said the music was great. I feel like it's a step below the original, yet better than most music you're going to get released this year. So, you know, love it. Right. I think that's a... Yeah, that's a very fair assumption. My action, my notes actually say first song sucks, second song sucks, but when she hits into the unknown, man, it's great. Yeah, that's a good song. I got goosebumps watching the visuals that played along with it, and then I felt like every song after that was really catchy and enjoyable. Unfortunately, there's only like five more songs after that. Like, like it, it's not, you know, there's not a ton of original music. Maybe seven songs total in the film. Yeah, you yeah. might be right. Okay. But uh, I've revisited the other two because we got the soundtrack immediately and the kids are already streaming it constantly. Uh, I They've already grown on me and they're catchy. So yeah. just I, I agree. I felt like the first one, the bar was so incredibly high. I mean, it'd be the same if there was a Moana sequel. It'd be like, how do you top that? Right. right. You know, maybe you'll have maybe you'll have one or two good ones, but nothing's going to catch some of these other ones. So. The fact that they even have something in the same ballpark as Let It Go, I think, is a real testament to there's some good songwriting talent here. Yeah. And uh, Adela Dazim, who plays uh, Elsa, she's got some pipes. Yeah, she does. Absolutely. She's she's got a future in this biz if she decides she wants to to sing some more. That's just my two cents. I'm putting it out there. I'm going to be the first to say it. What's up with that? What is up with that emo power ballad lost in the woods? Like that is oh. that is just a that it, it sort of reminds me like it's so out of place from the rest of the film. It's like shiny in Moana where it's just like, what is happening here? Right. With that was this like a David number? Bowie tune. Yeah. Yes. Right. It, it was it was honestly like one percent shy of like jumping the shark and being like almost like a Shrek moment where this is clearly just for the adults, you know, like we're, we're breaking the fourth wall and that's what we're doing here. But, but it was just shy of that. And so I, I did really enjoy it. I was laughing a lot. And again, on the, on the soundtrack, they actually already have Weezer doing a cover of that song. Yes. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's basically a Weezer doing the, do cover the cover of that song as like in homage to Chicago. Like right. it's, it's from like their Teal album where they're sort of just making fun of 80s bands and, and doing sweet, sweet covers of those tunes. But I laughed out loud during that song, and it's actually it's actually a good song. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. What is up with the character of Honey Marin, who is one of the indigenous people who live up in north and who's been trapped in the forest for all this time? Did you feel a twinge that they were introducing her to be a love interest for Elsa? Because much has been written that Elsa um, may be a lesbian. And I just feel like I was like, oh, wow, are we really going to go here in a Disney movie? And they did not. But I I, I was panicking that they're going to do it. They're going to go here. Wow. I actually read that that all came up due to an image on one of the like movie posters that had come out a while back and and there was and it was all just a rumor like nothing was ever going to be made of that and i certainly didn't get the oh, vibe see. from the movie oh i fact checked that oh see yeah. i thought it, i thought it was confirmed i thought this was this was they're gonna try this no and i was like oh boy here we go here's honey Marin. 
and then they didn't if they tried it they kept it a secret and it all hit the cutting room floor right like because nothing in the movie would would lead you to believe that Uh, what's up with this being the first theatrical sequel to a disney animated princess movie i guess i've just seen so many sequels so many disney films (laughs) right that the fact that this it blows my mind that this is the first disney princess animated sequel that's ever been released that is surprising. Theatrically. Now, the I'm, fact sure, that is, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like, you know, a, a sequel to every one of them on, you know, straight to DVD. Yes. Like there was a, a Beauty and the Beast Christmas one and yes. stuff like that. But yeah. What is up with, and I was actually really impressed. So the character of Kristoff, we've already talked about how him he's sort of ridiculous and his plot is dumb in that he's just trying to propose, which is frustrating. But actually, I give the character some real kudos in that he's really totally okay being Anna's sidekick. In fact, there's yeah, a moment yeah. where Anna is having like the rock monsters chase her and she's running through the forest and she's clearly trying to accomplish something. And he comes barreling out of the woods, riding on Sven, scoops her up. And he just says, where do you need me to take you? Like, like what are you doing that I can assist you with? But you're the hero in this story. And he's not trying to swoop in and be the hero. He's not trying right. to steal the attention or the thunder. It's, you know, we see a lot of these these stories and these images where I think they're trying to be really empowering to women. And I'm fully in support of that since I have two daughters. But I feel like this is a story where we don't really have to make that big a deal of the women being the heroes front and center. Mainly because one of the main male characters, it's just totally fine. Like it's... Right. I don't know. I, I thought it was really handled well, and I actually thought, yeah. well, that's the way to do this is you just put a character in the story who this isn't some strange sacrifice he's making to not be the macho guy here. He just really loves yeah, Anna, yeah. and she's good at what she's doing, and he, if he can help in any way, great. And I just feel like you probably could just do more characters like that, and that helps shape some of this as opposed to just getting – so up in everyone's grill about how women, you know, have been so in the background and now they have to be in the forefront and guys suck. It just feels right. like I thought it was a really good way to do that. I agree. I agree. That's a really good point. Uh, however, speaking of Anna, what's up with the <laughs> fact that she's the only Disney princess that has been proposed to and accepted during the movie? Of all of the Disney princess movies, she's the only one that has been proposed to and accepted the marriage invitation on film. What about Cinderella? She got the, the slipper fit and then she no got proposal. married at the end no, of the movie. But no proposal. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Mind-blowing, right? feels like you did fact-check some of this. feels like I, you're, you're busting some, some truth I was doing, bombs I was doing a little bit of research, Disney princesses. Yeah. And, <laughs> you got any and more? And finally, what's, what's up with Elsa's scuba leggings in that scene where she's she's running through the ocean like... She is an Avenger now. Like you're totally right. Yeah, she got. Yeah, she like put her hair up in a ponytail and like bust into like her super outfit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. But right. even in that one, it's like she can turn the entire ocean into ice, and then she can hold her breath and ride an ice horse. It just whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, whatever. Again, I, I, tough to fault the movie. It was fine. I enjoyed it. The kids loved it. I'm going to be hearing these songs for the next two years. Yeah. When we go to Disney World, we'll have to see them again. Right, uh, right. So tip of the cap to Disney. Good job. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well done. Let me actually let me ask one one last question before we get to five questions. Did you like this sequel better than you liked Toy Story Four, which was the other that was a Pixar sequel yeah. this summer that we sort of asked asked ourselves, was this really necessary, especially given that one, two, and three were a perfect trilogy? Which of these sequels do you think was sort of more necessary and a better film? I feel like I guess I don't know either necessary. I still probably would have gone for Toy Story 4 over this. I just think I'm more vested in those characters for some reason. There's there's some sort of nostalgia factor with me that I maybe don't carry with this cast. But both were great. I would put my, my vote for Toy Story 4. Okay. Great. Yeah. Buddy, are you ready for five questions? I am literally always ready for five questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, five listeners submitted questions. Thank you, listeners. So, why exactly does a fog cover North Aldra for 34 years? Uh, no one knows. That doesn't make sense. That's another unnecessary plot point. That, that was weird, right? Okay. Yep, definitely right. weird. Okay, sounds good. Question two. Does this kid's movie plot cover both colonialism and reparations? Kind of, yes. Yeah, right? It, right? Mean, it, yeah. it touches on both of these themes. And, and again, these are probably some heavy totally, issues. That, yeah. totally, totally going over the kid's head, but I was like, oh, wow, we're okay, we're going to go there. All right. Uh, There's, in fact, a whole song. It's like, all you can do is pick yourself up and do the next right thing. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, Anna's whole song, like, let's uh, get some injustice here. <laughs> let's just do the right next thing. Question number three. Did the writers intend to copy the movie The Fifth Element from 1997, with Elsa being a bridging force between the four spirits? You know, I didn't think about that. Um, I really enjoy The Fifth Element, but you're right. It is a pretty blatant ripoff. Yeah, right? So, intended uh, or not, now that you've mentioned it, yes, that's shockingly uh, duplicate. It's weird. Yeah, right. Uh, question number four. If you could uncover dark secrets about your family's past, would you want to? No. Okay. I, I'm with you on that one. Uh, final question. Were we supposed to forget that the people of color in Arendelle that supposedly lived there forever weren't in the original movies set a couple of years ago? Like, were we were we supposed to just, like just forget just, that just it was it, an all-white cast correct. before? Correct. Like it's just... Just suspension of disbelief fully and frozen. Suddenly, Arendelle is very multi-culty, and it's a real melting pot. <laughs> they're like they're like clearly main characters that everybody knows that have lived there for ten years, but we didn't get to see one of them in the first movie. Yeah, it seems like uh, we're supposed to just go ahead and right. buy that kettle of fish. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Um, that's five questions. Thank you, listeners. All right. Thanks, listeners. Well, you know, I I think Disney has done it again. It's totally fun for anybody who's got kids who saw the original, who's listened to these songs 10,000 times. You're going to be just fine sitting through it. Your kids will really have a gas and you're going to listen to these songs 10 million times. Yeah. All right. Totally agree with you. I think that this is a lot of fun. I'd recommend it to just about anybody. Buddy, what do we got coming up next? Coming up next, a very similar film, The Irishman. Scorsese's three-and-a-half-hour hitman epic starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci. <laughs> the Irishman, colon, sequel to Frozen 2. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. 
Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.